wake up and welcome to another episode of the Funket Pod. It's the weekend and you know what it means, wrestling time. Wrestling Wednesday on the weekend. And of course there has again been a lot of wrestling to discuss this past week. A lot of wrestling to discuss this past week. Um, Storytelling wise, obviously. And we, as always, start with AW and then we jump to WWE, even though... Timeline-wise, we could do WWE first, but then AW, and then back to WWE. So let's start with A-dubs, and then we go back to the E. All right. So AW, Dynamite and Rampage. Um, Dynamite on Wednesday, Rampage on Friday. But you know the deal. And of course, it was like all about Brody Lee in his hometown. Uh, and it was nice, of course. Like all those Brody Lee um, memories and all those... Brody Lee, I don't know, signs and hand movements, of course, and so on. That was just very cool to see, and uh, I, I dare you to not become emotional there. Uh, the first match was Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole, baby, and it was cool. It was, and again, I'm not criticizing the matches per se. I'm more like looking to the storytelling aspect here in this podcast. And um, so, match quality was, of course really good adam cole didn't pull out all the stop just stops just yet in my opinion uh, but he did what he had to do and then uh, winning via um, a low blow while he's like basically covering the ref and then just like a low blow the mule kick to the back um was just smart heelish and it was it, he did what he had to do and it's totally fair enough um jungle boy of course great showing storytelling wise he's just showing um more of his, his evolution i believe that that he's really like a force to be reckoned with but uh, maybe that he's also like it's still a little bit too green to hang with the super top guys there jungle boy jack perry that is um adam cole again uh, just ring smart um yeah savvy veteran um and yeah pulls off the victory with um with a mule kick uh so that was that was all, yeah, I think. So at first I thought, ah, I'm not the, the biggest fan of this. But when you think about it, storytelling-wise, again, because Adam Cole is the heel, the clear heel, of course, with the super click and so on. And yeah, it just makes sense. Then again, I saw the low blow and then the boom, and then he finished Jungle Boy. So that's fine. And it, of course, leads to more down the road because they're definitely not, not finished yet. Also later down the road and also Friday we have the the click the super click the elite facing with like deep I was about to see deep, say deep right the American Dragon and then Jurassic Express and so on so that makes sense I'm happy with the match I'm happy with the stories involved I'm happy that um yeah, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus Christian that it's not just like it looked random in the beginning but now they like they kind of stick together like they help each other out they help uh, the American Dragon out Brian Danielson so. Okay, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm for it. Good job, that was fun. Uh, and then, well, then we had Brian Danielson on the mic, and I think he's good at the mic, right? But then he he fell back into WWE territory or WWE style, like calling Kenny Omega Kenny No Balls because he didn't want to have a rematch right away. Like, going like Kenny No Balls, that was just ridiculously stupid. That's like that's like Vince McMahon stuff. Deep Rhino, I mean Brydy, as Booker T would say. Um, that was that was that was annoying. That was not good. I don't I didn't like it. Um, sticking with things I don't like it. Oh my god, I'm criticizing two things in the row on AW. Oh my god, Tony Khan's gonna stop sending me checks. Oh wait, uh, Cody Rhodes with a, another another Hulk Hogan esque 
and Trends. Um, and Lee Johnson, who of course doesn't get his own music because it's Cody Rhodes, versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. And Dante Martin, man, CM Punk on commentary, he almost proposed to Dante Martin. Um, HLE, April, his wife, should be, should be worried. CM Punk has a huge crush on Dante Martin. <laughs> Understandably so, though, because, I mean, what this guy is doing is just ridiculous. And, of course, a great match uh, pairing with Matt Seidel, like super high flyer, of course. But as we all know, thanks to JR, he's also mixing up on the mat now. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a fun match. Uh, Storytelling-wise, why did it happen? I don't know. Maybe I, I wasn't in the loop, but that was, came out of nowhere. Like, how did they get paired up, those teams? Do they have beef with each other? I, I don't know. It was just... But maybe it's just AW being like, hey, it's like an actual in the NBA. We put the best teams, random teams, to face each other. <laughs> so that, 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 that Cody Rhodes match, uh, Cody Rhodes, Lee Johnson team i mean yeah the nightmare, nightmare family and of course they can all team with each other but it came out of nowhere um of course of course Rhodes and johnson um taking the victory the story here of course however was that um Arn anderson got really upset at cody Rhodes, and then that was that was one of the wackest lamest promos on aw ever like Arn anderson in the ring Tone it down. Um, and then he's just like, Cody Rhodes, blah, blah, blah. And you're a loser. And I don't want to train losers. And he's like, Lee, let's go. And then him and Lee Johnson just walked out on, on Cody Rhodes. So that match just had them win to tell Arn Anderson, Cody Rhodes, that they're losers. Huh? That's it's still like, that's like WWE kind of stuff. Like, what? Also, Cody Rhodes was, I hate, I don't like him, right? But he was, from a storyline perspective, trying to protect Arn Anderson. So why would Arn Anderson be mad at him now? I mean, he's like, yeah, my time. I would have looked at, the, the, at my trainer. I would have gone after him. I would have killed him. And he's like, great example. Like, like, great metaphor Arn Anderson is using is like, uh, if someone pulls up on your car and and wants to steal your car, you just let him take your car. I would just pull out my Glock and would splash his brain all over the place. What the f- that, is, that was terrible. That was, I hated it. I'm sorry. Arn Anderson, this Arn Anderson, Cody Rhodes thing is just, I mean, I know he's a legend, but uh, I mean, Rick Flair's a legend too. Do you want to see him like doing promos? No. So, ah, oh, do you want to see Hulk Hogan? No. That was terrible. Uh, then we had John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen versus Bear Country and Anthony the Green sticking with the theme of what? And it was, a, it was a decent match. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Bear Country, but it was a decent match and I didn't know who Anthony Green was. Um, it was a decent match. It was fun for what it was. Um, of course, Moxley, Kingston, Darby Allen win. But I mean, this could have been like anyone. So there was no storytelling. There's no reason that they're fighting. There's nothing that comes from it. Uh. Then and then the highlight at the end was um, that they then pull up like what's his name Anthony Green and then Sting comes in and just hits a scorpion death drop on Anthony Anthony Green for like whatever. I mean, the best thing was probably that, that, that Kingston was like, I had a release on his hand at the end because it was nice, but uh, that was, 
this AW Dynamite show, uh, we're going into WWE their territory. Followed by a hair versus hair match. <laughs> uh, oh, well, not, not yet. I, I got ahead of myself. Um, we had the setup for the hair versus hair match, of course. We had a Dark Order and Orange Cassidy versus the Hardy family office. And it was just like, I mean, this broke down and then um, the Dark Order, of course, even Uno and so on, they we wanted to leave, but then John Huber's wife came out and like, no, you can't do that. And then they all reunited in the name of Brody Lee, of course, and then beat down the HFO. So that's a feel-good moment at the end. I can appreciate that. Um, Negative One was in there as well, and in the end, of course, celebrating. So I can appreciate that. Uh, that's a feel-good moment. That makes sense. And then we had Tay Che. <laughs> The fantastic tag team of Tay-Che versus the Bunny and Penelope Ford. The Bunny is creepy. Um, of course, Tay-Che defeated them. Um, again, the storytelling in the women's division is not always that great. It's like, you, I don't like your bitch. I don't like your bitch. Okay, let's fight. Mm, yeah. They should have I know, more time, maybe also for character development and so on. Not sure. Uh, then eventually we got a promo that was good because it was by MJF and MJF is better at promos than anybody else and you know it and he cut the promo on Darby Allen and Darby Allen's like if you're trying to break me MJF it's not gonna work talk MJF talk <laughs> and Darby Allen was unfazed by MJF's promo so but now we know what's next for MJF and for Darby Allen this should be fun um, eventually then we came to the main event the TNT championship match between Sammy Guevara and the Redeemer Miro and you know it by now Sammy Guevara pulled it off of course um, that was cool congratulations um, totally fucks up the story of Miro the undefeatable the unbeatable Redeemer I think Miro lost the championship too fast if you go for like the Redeemer God's favorite champion and then you just just cause Sammy is over as I mean, I understand because Sammy is over, especially with the young guys, young kids, I assume, and with Fuego del Sol. Uh, but, I mean, okay, it was, of course, Miro being stupid because then he pulled up the, the turnbuckles you know, to hurt Sammy, but then he got hurt himself, of course, because it's always the case. The guy who sets up the spot gets hurt by the spot, obviously. Um, it was a good match. The storytelling in the match, like Sammy Guevara is... Or resilient, doesn't get put away, uh, always able to just amp up more, and then it's, it's eventually hit the GTH, and then the 630 Centon uh, for the victory. Yeah, but like I said, this, now it makes it negates the, the Redeemer gimmick, basically. That was too fast to lose for Miro, in my opinion. It's the first real, the first real challenger that he's facing okay Lance Archer but the first real challenger and then he loses like hmm. it was that was a bit 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 weak sorry AW sorry Tony it was a good match though the match was fun but it's just the story nah, I'm not a big fan of this so let's keep going with the stories then when AW Rampage Rampage started with Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson. That was fun. It was a great match. Uh, Nick Jackson being heelish with, of course, his stooges out there was fun. Um, but, of course, Brian Danielson eventually um, pulled it off with a very nice um, nice submission hold in the end. It 
cattle mutilation, how do you, that's how you call it, right? That was, that was pretty cool, showing that he can do many things. Also, what was pretty cool is that Danielson showed, like he's not, like I said last time, he's not a clear-cut baby face, right? So he was like mad Jack, Nick Jackson was like kicking him like with the, the yes kicks and he was just taking them and he got up and then he just spits in Nick Jackson's face. Like that's not a baby face move. And then he just unloads on him with the kicks and jobs and kicks and jobs and kicks and jobs. So I like that that he's not the super mega clean cut baby face and maybe it shows us something that he's gonna slowly go into that that, that CM Punk back then a tweener role um, of just like I just do anything to win. So um, why not? The match was good, of course, and afterwards the elite came, and but before anything could happen, uh, Lucha Express came, Christian in uh, Brian, Danielson's, Brian Danielson's corner, and then, of course, it all broke loose, and then um, Brian Danielson and uh, the Jungle Boy hit their respective submissions on Kenny Omega and Adam Cole, and they both tapped out at the same time. Yeah, nice. The story is fine. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all with it because um, that just leads to more down the road, right? So that completely makes sense so far. Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa versus, versus um, I was about to say Nia Jackson, <laughs> Nyla Rose, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Jade Cargill just beating the, the living shit out of, out of Thunder Rosa. Um, yeah. Like, it was brutal. Like she, she grabbed the chair, right, and she was just like unloading on Thunder Rosa, um, and just also shows that Jake Cargill goes to all the lengths and does everything that she has to do to um, to win. So the match wasn't that great, but from a storytelling point of view, it at least pushed the, the narrative further. That like Jade Cargill just does whatever she has to do to actually get the win. And then we had the WWE main event: Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, hair versus hair. It was just that's just those stipulations are just so stupid. And then of course before they had Mark Henry interview Orange Cassidy and Jack Evans like split screen. And it's like so it's a hair and Orange Cassidy is like what? Uh-huh. Mark Henry tells him like if you lose, you lose your hair. And Orange Cassidy well, then I'm not gonna lose. And then he, yeah, huh, funny. But the match was fine again. And of course like in the end, and Jack Evans just distracted with the referee and then Orange Cassidy with the orange punch. The match was fine. Jack Evans is awesome, of course, in the ring. So is Orange Cassidy. But the story like behind, like, oh my God, he's cutting hair. Ah, no wrestlers. You punch each other in the face for a living. Like, that's what you're trying to portray. And then you're like, oh no, it's my hair. It's just so WWE. And I thought we don't see that in AW. That was, that was just really annoying. And in the end, like, Cause Dark Order, everyone comes into the ring to celebrate. Like first, the HFO comes out, and then more of the HFO come out. But then the the Dark Order builds like a wall around uh, between the ring and the ramp, so that Orange Cassidy can finish can finish the fight. That's kind of nice storytelling, right? Because then they all came together in the ring, and then they all celebrate. And Negative Four is there again. It's like a master, fake mustache on, um, celebrate. And in the end, they, they do like the, the group hug. That's of course what everybody wanted to see. That was nice. So that story-wise was nice, but like for the long-term storytelling here, nothing much to see. And like a hair versus hair is just like what the. I mean, eh. Uh, not that, ex- but the matches were good. So it's just like the stories behind those matches are not that exciting this week. 
<laughs> there's one week where I'm not hating, but where I'm like criticizing AW a little bit more than usual, I might, might think. You would think, hey, now WWE probably takes the cake and they like, like in a positive way, <laughs> they actually take the cake, like, yes. But of course, you can always count on WWE to fuck things up even more because SmackDown and the draft. What the fuck? I don't even want to. Uh, uh, yeah, no, let's talk about it in a second. But okay, first SmackDown and the draft, right? So first of all, the drafting thing. I remember when I was a kid and I watched the, the drafts back then, it was at least kind of like surprising and it like made an event out of it, but now they just announce it and you're not the NFL. So, so that's like, it's like, okay, draw or SmackDown drafts, Roman Reigns. Oh, hey, surprise. Ooh. Raw drafts, Big E. Wow, who would have thought that? And so on. It's, it's lame AF, like super lame. The only cool thing was, Roman Reigns in the ring, and then, of course, Brock Lesnar coming out. I can't believe I'm saying it. 2021, the only cool thing is Brock Lesnar surprising Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar. And, of course, Brock Lesnar sent Roman Reigns and the Usos to Suplex City. So that, is, that was fun. Um, besides that, I really, honestly, I did lots of fast-forwarding there. I mean, we had Happy Corbin with, with like, his stooge, like, what's it called? Mad Cat Moss. That must be something Vince McMahon came up with. Of course, he defeats Kevin Owens by laughing the whole time, hysterically laughing. It's so stupid. Oh, my God. Seth Rollins broke into Edge's house. You know, it would have been cool in the Attitude Era because you would have thought anything can happen. But we're not in the Attitude Era, so you know nothing's going to happen. And Edge call, calling his wife Beth, like, hey, don't go home, don't go home. Yeah, fine, but no, nothing really happened. So nothing, he was looking at some children's pictures, nothing really happened. Very annoying. Um, Storytelling was okay, like, yeah, it sets up that Rollins and Edge are going to collide again. But Edge said he's going to be on SmackDown last week. Now he's here and Rollins isn't there. And he's, like, breaking into his house, like, why? Psychological warfare, what for? Like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay, I get the psychological thing, but... It's just it's just a repeat of like what we've seen like a thousand times break into someone's home. Um, then we had Carmella attacking Liv Morgan before the bell started, showing that Carmella is afraid and she wants to beat her down before. I don't know. Um, so the match never started. That feud continues. Not sure if I want to see it continue, though. Um, we had the New Day and the Street Profits joining forces to defeat Chad Gable, um, Otis, Robert, Robert Root, and Dolph Ziggler. Of course they did. Well, that was fun, but storytelling-wise doesn't do anything because eventually the New Day and the Street Profits, they have to collide, right? That's the one thing that has to happen. Because other, And maybe Chad Gable and Otis somehow in there. Um, but Root and Ziggler, and I lo- I'm a big Ziggler fan, and it's really sad that he's like in there, nothing to do. <sighs> Yeah, but that doesn't drive any story because, I mean, the two babyface teams, the two heel teams, just for the sake of, for the sake of it. Uh, then we had Sasha Banks uh, back in action, the boss versus Bianca Belair. And it was kind of funny, like, it was Becky Lynch on commentary, and then while, while Bianca Belair was, like, falling towards the ropes and then wants to get back up, but Becky just holds her, holds her hair and just leaning on it, like, hmm. <laughs> so Sasha Banks can roll her up. That was awesome. That was kind of funny. That was a funny heel move by Becky, like, whoa. Nice. Those are those are those small things that make the man the man, and that's cool. Yeah. So those, those it doesn't need to be anything big and like 
that made sense and that that pushes the narrative are becky and sasha somewhat on the level no but last time sasha also laid out becky but now becky helps sasha just to mess with, with, with uh, bianca Belair. cool yeah that make that, that was kind of fun um then also afterwards charlotte flair lays, lays down everything and i hate charlotte flair i mean as a as the, the not as the person i don't know her but as like the the character right because she takes just everything wins all the time so then she, and she just boots everyone in the face like i'm at smackdown now so that's fair enough i guess um yeah because she got drafted to smackdown she's like i'm the king here so all right that now tells us that probably on monday becky gets drafted to raw but for this very moment this was kind of fun okay i i thought about doing an extreme rules breakdown as well but at Extreme Rules, there was no Extreme Rules. <laughs> it was just rules. Um, no rules. It was no. It was just average. It was one Extreme Rules match, which was, the, which, which was the main event between Roman Reigns and the Demon, and they only called the Demon a Demon. I got so mad at this. I'm sorry, I got so mad at it. Like, he has a name. It's Finn Balor. He's still... But no, it's the Demon. And then, I mean, you all know how it ended. And, like... Uh, like with the with the ropes being then sabotage probably we still don't know. Um, it's storytelling wise okay they wanna keep the demon undefeated like for real like not pinned. I mean, he got pinned but because of the rope break of course. Um, but there should have been other ways to do this because this was like lame. Um, until then also it's like. And I saw lots of people hating on it, but the demon like being resurrected and you see like the, the, the red light. I mean, it's the demon, so I wasn't even that mad at it. Um, but yeah, the overall story arc. And now, of course, they're moving on. They're moving on to like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. So now what's with Finn Balor? Like, you're just going to ignore him now? Or is he just going to come back like after Crown Jewel? Like, hey, like when he, got, when he got hurt the first time, like for real. And he's like, hey, actually... I, it was just an accident, so I like actually I should have another match with you, cause you know, it's also lame, right? I don't know where this is going, and there's just no. The only long-term story, not even a story. The only long-term plan that they have is it's not even long-term. It's like Brock versus Roman, and the rest we're gonna figure things out on the fly. It looks like, and this is um, a little bit annoying. Okay, this is my rant. I, apparently, I'm in rant mode these days. You can see on my podcast on the Funkit Pod, I rant about everything this week i promise next week's gonna be more positivity positive vibes only uh that's it for this week for the wrestling wednesday on the funket pod let me know if you totally disagree with me or if you if you agree or just your thoughts in general don't forget like share subscribe follow at funket pod on social media or if you have inquiries ideas suggestions funkitpod at gmail.com um don't forget always click out the two until then stay safe take care and i'll see and talk to you next time Somebody cup. Oh, no.